Hollywood Live Extra with Tanya Hart. You know, one of the hot topics taking over the news is the Lifetime documentary, Surviving R. Kelly. For years, R&B crooner R. Kelly's sexual appetite for young girls has been known to many, mainly because he recorded most of his escapades since the 90s. But finally, the Chicago District Attorney is investigating. Now, my guest today is always A-list editor John Murray, who has been working on this story since, are you ready for it, 1999. And joining John is Margina Carter, a mental health expert and a psychotherapist. Welcome to Hollywood Live Extra, Margina and John. Thank you for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, I want to kick this right off. John, you know, most of us in the business have known about this for years. It was one of the first stories you ever covered. Take us back to some of the first accounts of sexual abuse by R. Kelly toward women. Give us a little background on it. Well, 99 was the year that I started in the business. And, you know, R. Kelly was maybe about four years off of the Aaliyah debacle at that point. Um, um, I was still in college working professionally in the entertainment industry, but we had come off the R. Kelly marriage to Aaliyah. At the time, you know, the Internet was not as accessible. It was there. It was just building. And so, the you know, we had to read... Uh, uh, Ebony Magazine and Vibe Magazine and wait two weeks for Jet Magazine to come out before we were getting little uh, morsels of what we were hearing about R. Kelly and his appetite for underage girls. And as I grew and evolved as a professional in the business and after we all went through uh, R. Kelly's um, child pornography case in the mid-2000s and, uh, you know, that case was delayed for a substantial amount of years, um, I found that in recent years when I've been really uh, talking about this on networks like HLN and CNN in particular, uh, as well as during a time in which I was on the Tom Jordan Morning Show where I went to R. Kelly's house and I actually interviewed him following his acquittal uh, from mm. the uh, child pornography case. What I've mm -hmm. realized is that getting off of that case really made him become like the O.J. Simpson of the music industry. He huh. escaped justice the first time and things became worse the second time around. And so wow. the things that I've become privy to, the allegations against them, the stories of the victims and survivors and people who have been associated with him and employed by him, who have talked both on and off the record about the things, the horrendous acts taking place in R. Kelly's house are far worse than anything we've ever seen or heard or he's done in the past. It is really unthinkable. Wow. And a lot of the things is unmentionable in a public forum. Wow. Margina, I got to ask you, why do you think it took so long for the authorities? Just thinking about what John just said. Why did it take so long for authorities in Chicago to recognize that this man is, oh, maybe he's committing a crime? Well, of course, there's that stardom. And when you have money, you can, you know, we, we, uh, John talked about the O.J. Simpson case. If you have money, you can pay for high profile um, lawyers. And essentially, a lawyer can paint a case for you in which you get off. Um, the sad part is, is that, you know, it's the victims that are really suffering. And, and every time you get off, then you create this omnipresence. And now you're even bigger and grander. And you're going to commit even bigger and grander acts. Because if I was not prosecuted for child pornography, how, how you know, I can, at this point, I'm invincible. And that, mm. that, I think, is the problem. It was not tackled when it was happened with Aaliyah. Now, fast forward then in the 2000s with child pornography. And now, fast forward 
we're, we're now in 2019 and it takes a documentary for in order for authorities to now shine a light and say, oh, okay, well, let, let's take a look at it. But money does equal power. And that's what Yes, happens. it does. Yeah, we do. We do. We do know about that here in Hollywood. But I, then many people ask, though, the question, why would anybody stay? Why would any woman stay in a cult-like situation like this? I mean, why? Well, then, then I pose the question when people ask that. Well, then why does the person who their husband feeds them, they have came to the barbecue with a broken nose and shades, and everyone knows it's cloudy out, so you're not hiding the sun. Why do they stay? Right? Why does the person who is upset that her husband cheated on her, but she was the other woman in his first marriage. We have that invincible complex that we don't think that it will be us. It was them, not me. So that lowers mm-hmm. our um, trust factor and increases our susceptibility to being a, being uh, preyed upon. So once you're in that situation and you develop that trust, um, your red flag doesn't go off. So the longer you're in it, the more that you trust, the more feelings that you develop for the person, the more that you allow to happen to you. Once you're there and all these bad things are happening, but because you've already developed feelings, you can develop what we call Stockholm Syndrome. And Stockholm Hmm. Syndrome is where the victim aligns with the predator. And once they're mentally captive, they no longer need to be shackled to the wall. And that's why they say they're mentally shackled. Wow, that's and you know what his wife has been very his ex-wife has been very vocal about that as well. Uh, John, you probably know Matthew Knowles, who is the father of Beyonce and was the uh, manager of uh, Destiny's Child for years. Said that what it was it back in 1998, R. Kelly tried to pull them in, and he just said no because he was aware even back then. And now it seems like Jada Pink, you know, so many celebrities, John, are coming out and talking about this, uh, are certainly trying to be on the right side of history. But we've all known about it. Why didn't we speak on it before? Well, people have known that R. Kelly had an issue, but people didn't know to what extent the issue was a problem. And so I, I believe that when he was able to escape justice as a child pornography case with the 14-year-old girl, the alleged niece of Sparkle, uh, and, you know, and, and the case that really brought uh, heightened awareness to what R. Kelly's uh, uh, indiscre- indiscretions were, I think in mm-hmm. that particular instance, People looked at it and said, well, if he was acquitted from the crimes, maybe I should move on, too. And, and there was a lot of resistance. I remember, uh, even as a young journalist in the business, that there were events where people were driving dump trucks over R. Kelly's CDs. They were having bonfires and burning his memorabilia and his, his cassettes and his CDs. But, mm-hmm. but after a period of time, a hit record changed all of that. And when R. Kelly released the first single, Ignition, from the Chocolate Factory album, uh, radio decided to turn a blind eye to the accusations that he had been acquitted from, and a great portion of the consumers did, too. Uh, whether that was a right or a wrong thing, you know, we, it's happened mm-hmm. with other musicians in this business. But the truth is, turning that blind eye for R. Kelly made him worse than ever before. Well, it's apparently, and interestingly enough, it seems that over the weekend, his streaming of his music has just spiked and gone. And people are, you know, some of the hardcore fans, I understand, are out there saying, you know, we riding and dying with him. We're going to play his music. We are going to, you know, download his music. And it just, I'm like, okay, what is happening here? 
how is well, you know, how Target, are people you know, missing this? He, we, we, we see this all the time. There are lifetime movies and things made about it. Uh, people murder their parents. People are serial killers, and some woman will go to a prison and marry them. So there's always a fascination with uh, criminals and people who are involved in bad behavior. But in the case of R. Kelly, his numbers spiking really aren't as substantial as the conversation about it has made it out to be. His, his numbers mm-hmm. uh, increased on streaming platforms 16%. Now, comparatively speaking, when Aretha Franklin passed uh, last August, mm-hmm. her streaming sales spiked uh, 1,600%. And when Prince okay. passed several years ago, his streaming numbers spiked 16,000%. So the 16% of R. Kelly's increased music, I think it came from watching the documentary. Uh, a lot of the people on the documentary really was explaining the story and the mindset and the actions mm-hmm. that were taking place when he was writing the music. They also enlightened us to all of R. Kelly's music, for the most part, was written with a theme. It was a reflection of his life. It was a reflection of things happening in his home. And so once you learn this and you realize these songs that I have just been singing for pure entertainment over the last however many years actually may have had messages about his unscrupulous activity in it, people have gone back and listened to that music through a different lens. I think through curiosity and for research purposes. And because of that, I think that's why they revisited some of the music. Okay, well, I thank you for clearing that up because I was starting to get real concerned over here. I got to tell you. And, it, you know, it's very interesting because it did make me think about Hugh Hefner. Um, and I've been in Hollywood long enough to have actually gone over to the mansion several times. I used to have great parties. I think, John, you went with me one of the times over to the to the mansion. But, you know, Hugh Hefner used to keep women like that. Is it the same thing? No, because he didn't keep women in the house. Here's the thing, that whole Playboy operation was just that. Women who uh, uh, loved that form of business, the adult business, who loved pictorials, who wanted to be uh, featured in those magazines and do some of those adult videos, they uh, died to be in that house. Um, He treated those girls wonderfully. They were free to leave whenever they wanted to. Some of them had contracts. Well, that's true. I mean, professional Mm -hmm. contracts. They were compensated to be there. So this, that was more of a professional environment where no one was being held hostage. No one was being manipulated. Uh, no one was uh, having their parents think that they were meeting executives from record companies and signing over rights for you to go be the next Beyonce, only to learn that the woman who you signed your rights over to was nothing but R. Kelly's house manager, and now you <laughs> haven't seen your child in three years. There was none of the underhanded, uh, uh, somewhat illegal and manipulative uh, actions going on like R. Kelly had. The women who were in Hugh Hefner's house, as you and I encountered firsthand, were very happy to be there. I, I did have to think about that. I want everybody to know that you're listening to Hollywood Live Extra. We are discussing the documentary and just really surviving R. Kelly over all of these years with uh, always A-list editor John Murray and our mental health specialist, Margina Carter. Um, you know, so so where are we with all of this? Are, do you think that maybe this time now that the DA... Oh, and, and before I even go there... Let's just be real. If these weren't young black women, do you think he would have now been in jail? I think all, I think Margina and I will both agree with that. You know, I've been saying all over television that if the women in R. Kelly's house look more like uh, Taylor Swift, Miley Cyrus, and Ariana Grande, they'd have kicked down the door and found a way to get them out of there a long time ago. Right. Okay. For sure. 
for, for sure. sure. For sure. When you look yeah. at the Harvey, um, you know, the wine, uh, Harvey Weinstein case and, and the um, Bill Cosby, you know, the, these men are in jail and then locked up and throw away the key because their victims were different. Their victims looked mm-hmm. different. Mm. And, and, and again, when you talk about justice and you talk about surviving R. Kelly, it's also surviving the system. And we know that people of a certain color um, have, a, have a harder time in surviving in this society because of the systemic racism and discrimination. Yeah. That's and very true. And there's a duality with that with R. Kelly because while I do believe that if the victims, uh, the, the women in his house, the barely legal girls, many of them who were manipulated and tricked into being in, in his house, uh, and, and are still there because of situations like Stockholm Syndrome, in addition to him having videotapes of them doing things that they are embarrassed to be released publicly. And so there's the uh, the blackmailing aspect of keeping them in the house. I do believe if they were uh, not women of color, people would be more uh, uh, interested in helping to get them free, which is why the, mm-hmm. the Lifetime documentary was done just with the aspect of trying to free the girls. But I also would be remiss in saying that uh, people of color, and particularly black women, have worked to protect mm-hmm. R. Kelly. And we saw it, we mm-hmm. saw it in the documentary where even at his court case and even at recent concerts, black women are outside arguing with people, they're ready to fight people, they're standing with him hardcore and turning a blind eye to this. There's something about black women not standing up for black victims and always die hard, uh, Standing with black men, even if they're criminals, that's problematic, and that's an issue that we need to deal with as a community as well. We we really do, and that is so true, and that goes all the way back to slavery. I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but we never got over slavery, and I, that's what I'm my take on that is. And I think, okay, it's it's the new century. We got to get over that. You know, is pedophilia? We know it's an illness. Is it something that you can actually be cured from? Is that ever possible? No. So first, I, I just so. want to explain what pedophilia is. So pedophilia is a paraphilia. Paraphilia is the umbrella. Pedophilia is one of many sexual dysfunctions. So example of a sexual dysfunction, fetishes. Foot fetishes is considered a paraphilia, a sexual dysfunction. Voyeurism. I like to watch people in secret spy on them getting undressed or having sex. Um, in the video when the underage woman urinating during sex, that is also a fetish. These are all, um, just like pedophilia, a mental dysfunction or psychiatric disorder under paraphilia. But the difference is, is with pedophilia, your sexual attraction is to someone who cannot consent underage so in the which is against the law versus a fetish fetishes are oftentimes with consenting adults so with that being said people have to understand that there is no cure for sexual dysfunction that's like telling me turn off who you're attracted to no longer be attracted Mm -hmm. to this person we can't turn off who we're attracted to but it can be managed through medication, so anti-androgenous, which is essentially just medication to lower your sex drive, and desensitization. So desensitization is turning off the arousal receptors in your brain. But with that said, people have to think that that is a problem, and people have to want to get help. And unfortunately, with this population, with paraphilia and pedophilia in R. Kelly's case, people do not 
seek help. Very rarely do they seek help. And when they do, it's oftentimes because it was a court mandated. And that's what people are required to register as sex offenders because they do not seek the help as for themselves. And the re-victimization wow. of continuing and the repeating um, offender is very high. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I've got to tell you, we're, we're unfortunately about to be out of time here. This is thank you both. This has been fascinating. John, I'd like for you to kind of wrap this up for us. Where do you think this is going to go this time? Do you think it'll end up with him being finally uh, prosecuted and perhaps some jail time? Well, you know, in a perfect world, that that would be the, uh, the Disney ending to the story. And while I am just solely concerned about uh, getting the girls who are in R. Kelly's house out of the home and making sure that other people don't end up in the home. I am optimistic with the idea that the Cook County prosecutors in Illinois and the Fulton County prosecutors in uh, Georgia are looking into him and investigating. I have been talking to people in R. Kelly's camp who have said to me explicitly, the moment my phone rings, I'm going to sing like a canary. R. Kelly is mm -hmm. also very afraid of being prosecuted um, and all the discussions of him maybe fleeing the country and, and even the chatter that, you know, if they were to finally get him, he could commit suicide. A lot of that are real discussions that he's had with the people around him. So I say to you, mm -hmm. Tanya, um, I don't know how this story is going to end, but if it could end with us stopping this entertainment sex trafficking ring that has been taking place in the home of one of the biggest entertainers of all time, then this documentary and all of this discussion will have served its purpose. That's right. And that's why we are all here. The power of television and radio. It still works. Thank you so much, both of you. This story, obviously, will be continuing. I will be calling up and checking with you guys again to make sure you can come on and update us on this. And please come back anytime. Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you, Tanya. I want to, oh, Thank my you. pleasure. You're welcome. Uh, we're listening to, you're listening to Hollywood Live Extra. I'm Tanya Hart. It has been a wonderful show today. Don't forget to subscribe on all of your podcast directories, SoundCloud, Stitcher, any other podcast directory. Make sure you download all of these because you don't want to miss any of them. Like today, good Lord. Uh, if you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review. I'm Tanya Hart. This is Hollywood Live Extra at AURN.com. Hollywood Live Extra, a product of American Urban Radio Networks.